The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive with Dr. Rebecca Risk. Do you ever feel that even though nothing seems seriously wrong and you pass all the medical tests, that you still feel that your health, pain, and fatigue are completely out of control? It doesn't have to be that way. Listen to the tips and suggestions given on our program today and take back control of your health. Now, here is Dr. Rebecca Risk. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Following Through the Cracks. I'm your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. And May is Lyme Awareness Month. And this month, we're doing a a series to talk about different aspects of Lyme disease and its treatments. Today, we're speaking with Dr. Heiner Fruhoff, who is the founding professor of the School of Classical Chinese Medicine at National College of Natural Medicine in Portland, Oregon. He has lectured on three continents for more than 30 years and authored a wide variety of articles and textbooks on Chinese medicine. Out of concern over the rapidly declining quality of medicinals from mainland China, he has founded the company Classical Pearls, specializing in the import of wild-crafted and sustainably grown Chinese herbs. He also maintains an active clinical practice specializing in the treatment of chronic and recalcitrant diseases with Chinese herbs. One of his primary areas of specialization is the development of an alternative of alternative approaches to chronic inflammations of the nervous system. So welcome to the show, Dr. Fruhoff. Thank you. Um, so what drew you to getting into Chinese medicine? Oh, that is a story I sometimes wonder about myself. Um, I was born in Germany into a family of uh, German uh, MDs uh, who specialized in natural medicine, which is, uh, was still possible there in the 70s and 80s. My grandfather had a hospital with 50 beds for mostly treating people with homeopathy, actually. And I was the oldest of 20 grandchildren and um wanted to do something completely different and studied uh, sinology, which is the study of Chinese uh, literature and language and history, and was one of the first people to go to China with an exchange program after uh, the communist borders opened in the early 1980s, and then met my wife there, who was from Chicago, and uh, got my PhD at the University of Chicago. And when I was just finished with that program, and about to start teaching in that field, I was diagnosed as a young man with cancer. And that, of course, threw a wrench uh, into all of my plans. I took a two-year sabbatical from that and went back to China because I remembered um, that they had Chinese medicine was a good option to, at the very least, combine with the conventional methods. So I had the surgery done, but I declined the radio... uh, therapy and the chemotherapy, and even though there was a lot of pressure, namely that if I wouldn't do any of those things, I will probably be uh, dead in two years' time later, but I 
decided to pursue this path anyway, and then two years into that, not only did the hospital have to admit that now I had even better chances of survival because their proposal was just meant to be for two years, and but I had during this time learned uh, basically how to private training in Chinese medicine because all of these hours I took about Chinese medicine at the university in China during that time added up to get my own uh, license here in the state of Oregon. And uh, I founded the School of Classical Chinese Medicine and started seeing patients myself and haven't uh, looked back since. Oh, that's a, a beautiful story when we, um, I, I think a lot of us become so passionate because of our own health and um, we see the, those miracles so we know that it can happen. Um, so that's that's great. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about how Chinese medicine approaches illnesses? It's a little different than in Western medicine where we just want these quick fixes, right? Can you just tell us yeah, a little bit about that? Very different. I would say that of the many things that would, one could answer about this topic, the most uh, pertinent difference is that Chinese medicine, perhaps that's true for most holistic approaches to health, are interested in curing the problem from the root, which is not so much about symptom suppression, like, oh, you've got cancer, let's cut it out, you've got pain, let's give you a painkiller, you've got a inflammation, let's give you an antibiotic or a steroid, something like that. The interest is more about finding out what it is in your own immune system, which is more and more explored even by conventional medicine now, uh, that elicits a particular symptom picture and then taking the person's own immune response into account rather than just going, you've got strep throat, let's kill off this bacteria and you're good to go. The uh, idea is more what is your constitution, what kind of symptoms do you have with that strep throat, do you feel hot or cold, do you run a fever or not? Those are sort of uh, symbols for the underlying energetic cause, which is primarily sought in the person's own immune response rather than just in the objective determination of what kind of virus or bacteria or Latin disease name somebody is suffering from. And so then the entire approach, whether it's acupuncture or massage or nutritional advice or herbal medicine, which is my primary area of expertise, you would then try to not only make the make that pathogen leave, but um, you would want to repair the deficiencies in the person's immune system that allowed that pathogen to take a hold in the system in the first place. So what in Chinese medicine, like how do you find those um, disharmonies? Chinese medicine looks at things a lot differently in diagnosis. So what exactly are you looking for there? Yeah, this is one of the most often discussed things in Chinese medicine training, and it's a difficult thing for both teachers and students because you can't, at least not in the more to, to truly traditional or classical form of the medicine that 
existed long before the advent of Western medicine. You can't really rely on some pre-diagnosis like an ulcer or this type of cell type cancer, etc., and then go to a quote-unquote cookbook where you look up um, teratoma or so, and then there is a remedy there that you would prescribe to the patient, but you need in order to do what I just outlined, namely to take the patient's constitution and individual immune response into account, you need to basically look at ways of how you can assess, uh, yeah, that person constitu- person's uh, unique constitution. And you do that with feeling the pulse, very important, asking questions uh, about subjective sensations. Do you feel hot? Do you feel cold? Do you crave sweet foods or sour foods? Is your appetite good or bad? Um, you have a high fever, but do you feel, you know, are you freezing and want more blankets or uh, are you burning up? Um, those are all very important to indirectly determine what we call the assessment of the underlying energy, um, the electromagnetic picture, if you will, of where the patient is at any given time. And um, in the treatment, then, you try and change that rather than using the ever same medicine to address, for instance, a bacteria like streptococci. Okay. Um, so in ancient times, I should add, it was demanded of the practitioner to undergo vigorous training so that you were, by just being in the vicinity of the patient, you would feel that energy intuitively. So of the four methods of diagnosis, one of them is usually translated as listening and smelling, but from my research, it means intuitive listening. And uh, so that is sort of the Edgar Casey approach to diagnosis. And um, there are books that describe that, like uh, Fourth Uncle on the Mountain is a Vietnamese physician, wrote that, who now lives in Vermont, describing sort of Chinese medicine training of his ancestors and himself, basically studying in a cave in meditation, fasting, and doing yoga, qigong exercises, in uh, many cases for years that then enable you when you emerge to be not intuitive as we um, think of it as modern people, but in a very clairvoyant and clear um, scientific way. But since some people take a half a year to get there, other people take 20 years, uh, Chinese medicine has mercifully invented this indirect approach where through pulse and symptoms and smell and touch, etc., you can get similar information by putting the pieces of the puzzle together. Okay. Um, you know, I, I love this part about Chinese medicine because, you know, when, when people get blood work that's all normal and they can't get help or they just want to prevent something from happening, we're able, still able to fine-tune what they have going on and, and help them to either um, figure out what's going on or, or stop them from crossing that line into disease so that they stay healthy. 
you put your finger on an extremely important um, issue there, and perhaps the reason why Chinese medicine exists at all in the modern world is that there's so many problems that regular medicine can't find solutions for. And, and a very common scenario is what you just mentioned, is that the patient suffers tremendously, has lots of symptoms, goes to the hospital. That was the case also for myself as a 26-year-old man going to the University of Chicago Hospital repeatedly and saying, there is something severely wrong with myself. I can feel it. I'm not myself. And when then x-rays and blood pictures come out normal, then the prescription is usually some kind of, uh, oh, some antidepressant or something like that. When you are, from a Chinese medicine perspective, any symptom is like an alarm signal in your car when all of a sudden the, the, the light for the oil gauge comes on, it means you got to, there is a problem here, you need to do something about that. You can't just ignore that, the car will eventually uh, stop driving. And so in Chinese medicine, basically, um, you have a symptom. Not only does that mean it's real, you need to pay attention to it, it's a legitimate response of your very intelligent body indicating that there's something wrong. But the nature of that symptom is already, where does the symptom occur? What's the intensity? When does it uh, appear in the cycle of the year or the day? All of that is part of the Chinese science of diagnosis that tells something about the nature of the disease that is producing that symptom in the first place. That, so it is, a, in a certain way, a science in its own right that uh, the minute you have a symptom, you can treat and diagnose you don't need to necessarily have a uh, pre-diagnosis by conventional medicine. Um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about how um, relate this a lot to Lyme disease, where a lot of people aren't getting the clear diagnosis or the clear labs, and um, you know we're able to take the Chinese medicine to help them figure out what's going on and go through that. So um, we'll be back shortly. We're talking today with Dr. Heiner Fruhoff, um, who is a uh, uh, practices Lyme disease as well as has his own company called Classic Pearls, making Chinese herbal formulas. If you have any um, comments or questions about this show, you can email us at anantacalgary at gmail.com or message us on Facebook or Twitter. We'd love to hear your comments. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuso to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We all want to live a healthy, vibrant life. With so many toxins in our world, it becomes an uphill battle. Inflammation is the premise of all disease and comes from four sources of toxins. 
With a proper understanding of toxins as well as proper detoxification and nutrition, disease can be avoided. Tune in to Whole Healthy Living with Sharon Brennan and learn how you can live a clean, whole, and healthy life in a toxic world. Start your journey Fridays at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Falling Through the Cracks. I'm your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. And um, this is May, which is Lyme Awareness Month. So each of the shows this month, this month is on a topic about Lyme and its treatments and uh, different options and, and um, the complicatedness of Lyme disease. Today we're talking to Dr. Heiner Fruhoff. He is the founding professor of the School of Classical Chinese Medicine at National College of Natural Medicine in Portland, Oregon, as well as having his own company called Classic Pearls, um, which specializes in Chinese herbs. So, um, Dr. Fruhoff, can you just tell us a little bit about what Lyme disease looks like, I guess, um, in relation to Chinese medicine as well? Yes, um, absolutely. I'm, of course, uh, not a a specialist on Lyme from a Western medicine uh, perspective and a spirit of full disclosure, as we discussed during the previous show, I have a PhD in Chinese literature and then through personal circumstances came to, uh, uh, got a training in Chinese medicine and am a licensed Chinese medicine practitioner who simply because of a need out there from my patient basis have over the last 15 years uh, specialized in the treatment of Lyme and Lyme-like diseases. Lyme disease is basically an infection, a chronic inflammation of the nervous system, and that is uh, particularly tragic from, from a patient perspective because the degree of suffering that the average Lyme patient goes through is, is much higher than other kind of um, chronic inflammations because, the, uh, of course, our brain and the heart, et cetera, at the, at, the, at the center of the nervous system. So there is great degree of psychological suffering and emotional fluctuations that come with this disease in addition to great physical pain. And um, basically it is something that is, can be systemic since nerves are in every part of our body, so 
very often um, the heart is involved. You can have uh, palpitations or something even more uh, severe like uh, Lyme carditis, which is inflammation of the outer parts of the heart um, by the spirochete, um, and Borrelia, and, or other co-infections like Babesia or Bartonella or Rickettsia or Ehrlichiosis. There are many, many different strains there that all have a tendency to uh, attack the nervous system and not only cause a lot of um, insufferable symptoms, including uh, you know, joint pain, like many people diagnosed with fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, rheumatoid arthritis. Very often I find they actually have Lyme disease, and it, to put them in a specific box, um, they then get these other kinds of uh, diagnoses. Very often patients have severe headaches. Very often there's uh, anxiety, depression, mood swings, insomnia, and uh, just a whole host of severe neurological symptoms, uh, including uh, long-ranging degenerative changes in the nervous system. There are certain theories out there that um, degenerative diseases that have an autoimmune component involved in there, like uh, MS, uh, like Parkinson's, perhaps Alzheimer's, uh, can be linked to Lyme disease. Now, Lyme disease is called that in North America because it is named after this uh, very specific location on the American East Coast where this disease was first discovered and named in the 1980s because there were so many people who uh, this disease is transmitted by deer ticks and um, so many people there fell ill with inexplicable uh, symptoms. It is actually a for the spirochete, the Borrelia burgdorferi, is a relative of syphilis, actually, which we know can literally drive you crazy in addition to cause all kinds of physical uh, organ involvements and, and um, tissue failures. Um, but basically, for a long time, Western medicine didn't know what to do with this disease and just uh, perhaps um, uh, prescribe antibiotics and prescribe them over longer periods of time, perhaps that's sort of considered the most revolutionary treatment there. Um, but very often, the minute that treatment is stopped, then it's, uh, the symptoms come roaring back and uh, one of the great difficulties is that there isn't a uh, test that everybody agrees upon in the first place, so lots of people are, are walking around out there, um, tens of thousands of people in North America that suffer these symptoms, go to the doctor, and the doctor says, you're just imagining that, you have nothing. And that is perhaps the biggest uh, point of suffering there when you feel not seen and when maybe then your relatives also start doubting that you really uh, have something, you're looking good, how come you can't work, how come uh, you are um, so depressed all the time, etc. Now, in Chinese medicine has something to offer here because uh, these kind of diseases have been a part of uh, the Chinese greater environment for thousands of years. 
in that you have mosquito-transmitted spirochetal diseases like malaria and other diseases that are similar to it. So you find a record of Lyme disease or Lyme-like diseases. Um, malaria is, by the way, um, called nuji in Chinese medicine, and nuji literally means torture disease because when the nervous system is inflamed, the response is disproportionate to the degree of danger that is in the body. So while Lyme disease doesn't kill you right away, but it will degenerate your body and, and it will make you suffer, but it will make you feel in many instances that you are dying uh, because all of the alarm lights, which is the nervous system, are coming on. And um, it is like you drive your car and your oil lamp comes on. you got to fill in the oil, but if the electrical system itself is diseased, it could be that the oil is still full, but the lamp is coming on. And that Lyme disease is a little bit like this. It's, there are all of these alarm lights coming on, danger, danger, I'm dying, terrible things are happening when uh, that is not so, but the patient is a constant fight-or-flight response, and the adrenals are severely burned out after a while because the body's immune system is basically involved in a guerrilla war. Okay. Well, I, I um, you know, when you're saying it's called torture disease in Chinese medicine, I think any of us who have had Lyme can relate to that because that's definitely what it feels like. Um, so I think you got that pretty bang on. Um, you talk uh, about goose syndrome in some of your articles. Can you tell us what that is? Yeah, this is how I got first involved in the treatment of uh, Lyme patients, or at least I should say have it come to a place where virtually uh, 50% of our practice is that now, uh, is because I started discovering a certain type of patient. Uh, in the beginning, it was young people who, uh, after they'd done with college, they joined the Peace Corps and went to Africa, South America, Southeast Asia, and contracted amoebic dysentery there and took flagell or other strong antibiotics for that, seemed to have cured it within a week, but then their health was never the same, and then sort of five Ten years later, they were feeling that their health was really seriously deteriorating and regular approaches, not just Western approaches, uh, didn't work or even diagnostically couldn't determine what was going on. And Chinese medicine regular approaches wouldn't work either, like so-called spleen sheet deficiency or liver sheet stagnation. Uh, that didn't work either. So I, at some point, took a two-week break at the beginning the beginning of my practice about 20 years ago and read the classical uh, books and found these entries that were common about so-called goose syndrome, which means a possession syndrome you can translate it as, or um, multiple uh, parasite syndrome, which is basically a description and seems to have been a very common problem in ancient times, either in the digestive tract, like worms and uh, protozoan parasites and other kinds of uh, yeast infections, etc., that cause a chronic dysbiosis and severe symptoms there, or 
nervous system diseases that were delivered normally through tick bites, mosquito bites, spider bites, or perhaps even sexual intercourse that then inflame the nervous system chronically and cause paralysis, numbness, um, headaches, uh, and these anxiety syndromes that symptoms that we're basically describing with uh, the Lyme disease and periodic fevers also. And um, the, all of these books, they say that the diagnosis needs to be goose syndrome because the regular symptoms do not accurately reflect what is happening with the patient because it's not a single organ disease, it's a multiple organ disease and the whole system is basically going haywire and when a certain type of headache is usually directly indicative of a particular Chinese medicine diagnosis, like headache on the side means Shaoyang syndrome, um, etc. Um, this kind of symptom, uh, the, the multiplicity of sim- symptoms here is not indicative of anything other than this possession syndrome or multiple parasitic uh, uh, syndrome, and therefore specific diagnosis, diagnostic code, in this case Goose syndrome, needs to be applied, and then specific remedies that are different from regular remedies and that combine herbs, especially that treat the both deficiency and excess syndrome at the same time in order to be successful. And a lot of these herbs tend to be highly aromatic, like mint or perilla leaf or forsythia, or honeysuckle flowers, uh, things that are, or acorus, those are all, or clove, those are all things that basically sort of smudge the body to drive out the quote-unquote demons as they would be described, uh, but it is not a superstitious practice at all, as the communist government uh, uh, took it for in the cleansing periods of the 1960s and 70s, when a lot of the ancient books were purged of so-called feudalist and superstitious content, Um, but it was a scientific approach to many of the disease that particularly villagers in the South were suffering from, and were you had 2,000-year experimentation with how to best kill off the parasite and at the same time reinforce the immune system so that it's strong enough to withstand uh, these kind of infections because this kind of possession syndrome, a part of the goose syndrome, is not just the parasitic invasion, but it's the weakness of the immune system that allows this kind of parasite to ravage the system and create the severity of symptoms in the first place. There are many hunters in Oregon that test positive for Lyme with some of the testing methods, but they don't have any... Uh, symptoms. So here's a good example how being bitten by an infected tick doesn't equal Lyme disease. It needs to have as a prerequisite the weakness and exhaustion of the immune system in the first place, which is almost ubiquitous in modern people who have a history of uh, low probiotic count in the gut and lots of antibiotics during childhood, etc. Those are all things that tend to depress immunity in modern people. 
Okay. Well, I, I, I like your explanation of the, you know, the possession. I mean, it, it's very scientific, really, but I think anybody who's ever had a parasite or Lyme disease, they, they know that there's something that doesn't quite feel right. And sometimes there's emotions like the, you know, the Lyme rage or the anxiety that can come along with it, which doesn't really seem to fit with their, their personality. Um, and it, it seems to come with those infections. Um, we are going to literally take a, feel yeah. possessed. Yes. Yeah. Um, we're going to take a break. Uh, we're talking today with Dr. Heiner Fruhoff. He um, is one of his areas of special specialization is the development of alternative approaches to chronic in, chronic inflammations of the nervous system. So we're talking today about Lyme disease and Chinese medicine. Um, if you have any questions or comments about this show, you can message us on Facebook or Twitter or email us at anantacalgary at gmail.com. Much of the time, the illnesses that people feel are simply symptoms, and they mask the root cause of what the real health problem is. You can take back control of your own health, starting with Billionaire Healthcare. This program is hosted by Ashley Black. Our program will introduce you to fascia, which is the knowledge of the living matrix. This bit of knowledge can bring you the health secrets that only the rich and famous have known until now. Listen Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with hosts Nancy Kerala and Dr. Chandra Bali Ghosh. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and the founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. And Dr. Ghosh is the chairperson of research and development for the C. diff Foundation. Together with their guests, we'll explore infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Abortion can affect an entire family. This includes men, women, other family members, and friends. While each experience is unique, the feelings of grief and loss are something everyone can relate to. Listen for Life After Abortion with hosts Michaeline Friedenberg and Skylar Christensen. Together with their guests, they can help open the conversation and bridge the gap toward healing. Life After Abortion can be heard Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Falling Through the Cracks. I'm your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk, and we're talking today um, with Dr. Heiner Fruhoff, and uh, we're talking about Chinese medicine and, and Lyme disease and uh, different approach to 
to treat um, these chronic infections that come along with this disease. So Dr. Fruhoff, um, you know, in the Western medicine approach to treat Lyme disease as, you know, months or years of antibiotics, what do you see happen to people? I mean, you talked before about the break that it's about your immune system and the probiotics, and then you're on these things that can kill that off. I mean, your gut's 80% of your immune system. What do you see happen when people are doing that? Yeah, uh, of course I have a slightly biased view because all of the people who come to me, they they are the ones where the regular Western approach didn't work. And so uh, it then seems to me from, from at least my own anecdotal evidence here that the in, in many, many cases the antibiotics uh, cannot uh, clear out the the uh, the spirochete that is causing Lyme disease and, and co-infections. Um, from experience with people and, and practitioners and colleagues of mine who work at the East Coast, where Lyme disease is even more common than here on the West Coast, uh, there is sort of an agreement that says maybe the antibiotics are useful at the very beginning of the infection to kind of take it for 10 to 15 days. Um, but that after more than six months of infection, that, that is the, the disease is too deep in the body and the spirochetes are all over the place, basically, and made themselves at home in various tissues. And all one would do then by giving the antibiotics is to drive them deeper into places uh, or um proverbial rocks in the body where they then want to hide underneath and one would cause a certain amount of damage uh, with the antibiotics. From a Chinese medicine perspective, antibiotics are cold substances. So in the Huangdi Neijing, which is the original um, quote-unquote Bible of Chinese medicine that came into being about 2,000 years ago and is not only revered as a anthropologically valuable or philosophically valuable text that shows us how ancient Chinese people were thinking about nature at that time, but it still contains the foundations of the medicine that we still practice today. And um, so in there, it says, if something is hot, cool it. If it is cold, warm it. And so in the case of Lyme disease, we basically, from a Chinese medicine perspective, we have a cold efficient, burnt-out immune system that then gets infected. And if you uh, barrage that system with cold substances for long periods of time, uh, while it might temporarily bring the infectious load down and even produce a negative Lyme test temporarily, uh, particularly if applied as a long-range therapy, it has a tendency to do nothing but drive the, the, the parasitic organisms deeper into the body and hollow the patient out even further, cause uh, reinforce the constitutional weakness that we would diagnose as an energetic cold because antibiotics are so-called yang ming uh, or cold cooling substances. And so the approach in Chinese medicine would be the opposite to uh, you know, while using some excess herbs like clove and 
mint and, and honeysuckle and uh, polygonatum root and andrographis and, and uh, things like that, uh, the most important thing is to support the immune system because in the end the only guaranteed cure for Lyme from perspective of Chinese medicine and my own clinical experience is if we teach the immune system to patrol itself so that there is no more rock to hide underneath for the few, for the, the, the spirochetes that will always be circulating in the lymph and the blood, uh, no matter what substances we throw at the system. So the approach is then two-pronged, and that would be using antibiotic-like substances, some of which are warming rather than cooling uh, um, in herbal form, uh, less harmful, if at all, and then have herbs that every day build up the system but are anti-parasitic rather than pro-parasitic, like ginseng would be a good example for an herb that people sometimes take and thinking I have low energy, but then they feel dramatically worse after taking that. That would be an indication that you are tonifying not just yourself but the parasite, and then, of course, you feel worse. I've definitely seen that with ginseng. Um, you know, it's in most adrenal formulas, so people think they're helping themselves, and they get a bit of a high for a month or so, and then they crash harder. Yeah, so, Yeah. So when people come to you um, wanting treatment, what's your first approach for that? Well, the first approach is first to give the person compassion and and uh, confirm that diagnosis, mostly based on the uh, variegated symptom picture. There's always the same kind of pictures and uh, that and, and symptom patterns that emerge, and um, just acknowledge that this suffering is real. <laughs> A person is not imagining that, and that yes, there are. Uh, this is a disease that has been recognized not just recently by Western medicine even though um, conventional medicine is still struggling with ways to, to treat that or even diagnose that, but that in, in holistic medicine, especially Chinese medicine, there is a 2,000-plus year record that describes the existence of these chronic nervous system inflammation and the various symptoms that can come with it, not just physically but also emotionally, and that, that there are multiple uh, approaches, uh, treatment solutions, then particularly in the herbal realm, that there is a very rich Materia Medica in China with 5,000 cataloged herbs, and 500 of them are used um, commonly. And within that, I have sort of distilled and um, personally written quite a bit about that, um, the um, a, a li- anti-Lyme Materia Medica, trying to identify herbs that show up very often in these anti-malaria and anti-goo formulas that I find in the ancient Chinese record. And, of course, some of them might be fairly toxic and uh, are hard to get or not recommendable to be used chronically in in modern patients. Um, But So I've included the ones that I personally feel are effective and safe uh, and can be used even over the longer periods of time, provided that there is a frequent rotation of those herbs. So that is one of the strong suits of Chinese medicine. It's very often 
looked upon as acupuncture uh, is the main modality of Chinese medicine when it is really Chinese herbs and it is the herbs that can, uh, particularly if you take them two or three times a day, can, with this constant presence of these antiparasite uh, herbs in the bloodstream uh, and then also this constant immune tonification uh, can really help a Lyme patient to make it through the relatively long period of treatment that is required. There's unfortunately, uh, even in Chinese medicine, not a off switch, um, but it is this disease is like uh, oil seeping into flour. Uh, so it's not like a pearl that you can remove from the flour in an instant, but it is virtually these spirochetes become part of your system and manipulate you into certain hormonal responses. They hijack your hormonal system. They overtake your nervous system. That's why it's called possession syndrome. And so to separate and kind of fumigate these uh, truly demonic um, organisms out of the system, it, it takes a long period of time. Uh, I often tell people that they should be prepared for a three- to five-year process of bringing their immune system to a place where if there is anything left at this point, that their immune system can deal with the disease without um, having too many symptoms anymore at that point. So as you're going through this process, um, of course, in the, you know, when treating Lyme, most people have gone through the treatment, um, have had a, a Herxheimer or Herx or a detox reaction. Um, how do you help people deal with that when it happens, that worsening of symptoms? Yeah, this is one of the reasons why many practitioners, Chinese medicine included, often do not want to uh, deal with the Lyme disease and its many, many ramifications, not just because they might feel insecure, don't know what protocol to use here, but also because the, 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 the patients are suffering so badly and almost guaranteed, uh, while of course there might be cases where the patient will call you back two weeks later and say, oh, I finally feel like a human being again and all the symptoms are 90% gone and, and that's terrific, but for most people it will be a roller coaster and very often it gets worse before it gets better because you're not trying to purge dead and dumb substances like heavy metals from your system, but you attacking living organisms that are at a standstill have made a truce with your immune system and uh, have made themselves at home in there. And all of a sudden you come in with the broom and try to expel them as force, they will start fighting back and try to manipulate you into not continuing whatever you just started. So that is the so-called Herxheimer reaction, which most often is not a reaction to the herbs that people get, but to the, uh, the secretions that these uh, creatures are able to produce in order to produce certain emotional uh, or pain responses that then make you sometimes feel terrible. And Chinese medicine has... Uh, in most remedies, and this is different from Western herbalism, where very often you prescribe a single herb, you produce, you use formulas in Chinese medicine that are alchemically uh, 
designed to work where every herb works with the others in the formula, some of them addressing the spirochetes, some of them addressing more the symptoms, some of them addressing more the uh, side effect, the, the weakness in the immune system, and some of them thinking ahead to minimize and the Herxheimer's reactions and putting the parasite to sleep, so to speak. Uh, so I would say that it is a form of herbalism that produces usually less Herxheimer's reaction as other herbs like cat's claw or andrographis, for instance, uh, when they're given singly because you have sort of a buffer in the formula that preempts that uh, potential of Herxing. Uh, however, it's very important uh, to expect that. Of course, not necessarily tell the patient you will for sure go through this roller coaster because the already very uh, sensitive nervous system in those patients will make people apprehensive and then for sure manifest these symptoms. But when the call comes, then to talk them through that, that this is a normal Thing, and uh, that this doesn't mean things are getting worse and basically educate people about the nature of this Herx reaction and share um, you know, other stories with them. And then, of course, in the Chinese medicine approach, you can adjust the herbs because each herb has a particular symptom picture in mind. So if the person Herxes with primarily headaches and another person Herxes with more anxiety or insomnia, you can add or subtract certain herbs to kind of uh, catch uh, the particular symptom picture that the patient is going through. Okay, so, um, you know, this is, I, I, I think it doesn't matter what approach you take to Lyme. I think as part of the Lyme, you're going to have um, a roller coaster, really, to go through of um, the emotions and the, the pain. But then as you go through something, you kind of get a step up to feeling better, which is what a lot of people need to remember, that you're you're working your way towards that and to keep working your way towards that. Yeah, Yeah. One of the most important things I want to convey to your listeners here is particularly those that have Lyme is that in my experience it is part of the symptom picture of Lyme and Lyme-like diseases is that the light at the end of the tunnel uh, is not seen and very often there is sort of a hopelessness overcoming the system. I always compare Lyme to the Dementors in Harry Potter that suck all of the light and the hope from you. And so very often part of the Lyme process is these very emotional knee-jerk reactions from moving uh, from practitioner to practitioner and uh, changing protocols all the time. And while I, by all means, want to encourage you to pick your practitioners wisely and work with people who uh, have uh, that as their main area of expertise, um, you want, no matter where you go and what you do with Lyme, there will be this roller coaster that you just described, and um, you are basically giving in the uh, command of the parasites by throwing down the regimen and starting over and maybe in between not doing anything for a while. It's a little bit uh, like going out into the open ocean with a captain that's gone from New York to France many, many times. And you as the passenger say, I'm afraid. I have this feeling 
let's go this way, it's not possible for the captain of the ship to listen to that because you could be, you know, if you would just keep going straight, you'll get to the other side within a week or three or four days, whereas if you listen to the passenger, you might be going in circles for the rest um, of your life, and I see that a lot with yeah, yeah. I, I I agree. I think it's stay the course, like you said, three to five years, stay the course. Um, I also like what you said about the the dementors sucking the life out of us because it just makes me think we all need a little more chocolate. <laughs> so um, we, we are going to um, end the show. I want to thank you so much for sharing with us. This is a really great, informative show. Um, so thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Now, is there a way that people can get a hold of you in case they have more questions? Um, the best way to uh, read additional materials are is uh, I have two different websites. One is for uh, the uh, general public. It's called classicalchinesemedicine.org, and there are more interviews about Lyme uh, disease there as well as some uh, inter- general introductions to Chinese medicine. And then there is classicalpearls.org, which is uh, my herb company's website that is mostly for Chinese medicine practitioners who uh, work with uh, chronic diseases, uh, Lyme included. There are several uh, approaches there um, uh, for that. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you for listening. Uh, If you have any questions or comments about this show, you can message us on Facebook or Twitter or send us an email. Make today a great day. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Please join Dr. Rebecca Risk again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk more next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.